You don't mind if I crack open a cold open? in the show hi i'm noah and this is my voice never mind okay (laughs) hello everyone welcome to episode two of my pod cabbages a podcast about avatar the last airbender award-winning american animated series from nickelodeon no relation to the 2009 james cameron film no relation to the 2010 m night Shyamalan film i'm summer i'm noah so this is a podcast where we go episode by episode we talk about the show and we talk about all of the elements that make it so great. This is the first time in the opening. The new opening we get to enjoy for the rest of the show. It's a really good opening because it's not like a theme song or anything. It just kind of explains to you like this That's really true. bizarre magic world. And it's like, hey. No, it's not magic. It's bending. If Naruto had more openings like this, then I feel like more people would watch it. Or any anime because like every time someone turns to naruto or something i'm talking about naruto because it's the only anime that i know about is it opens up like ninjas we use our hands to do magic stuff ninjas we what go are they to, like we what go, do they know we go to school let's find out <laughs> the opening goes all the way through to the end of the show including the last episode and it is so funny to hear katara saying <laughs> He has a long way to go until he's ready to save anyone, even in the very last episode. But it's true. He's mm-hmm. still even in the la- oh, spoilers. But yeah, he saves people in this episode. Oh, before we get <laughs> he in- saves a whole village. So before we get into our weekly synopsis, um, I just wanted to share some more quick facts about the show. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my notes for episode one. We were about to just <laughs> redo the whole episode. Oh Did you know that Michael Dante DiMartino, one of the creators of the show, he left um, Family Guy to work on the show? He he left Family Guy. He was <laughs> yeah. Was, did, was he the creator of Family Guy? I don't no d- no he wasn't. It was he that's Seth MacFarlane, isn't it? Hmm? Seth MacFarlane, Family Guy. Yes, one of one of those Seths. Look, remember we, Seth? Remember Seth? He actually wrote. He was. Yeah, on this the, is true. Like the writers' team for Family Guy. He was working on Family Guy, and then he's like, <laughs> "I think I'd rather do anything else." You definitely get the Family Guy vibes from this TV mm, show. They're exactly the same. There's lots of funny moments. Another fun little fact: uh, you know how the title of the show has some little Chinese characters over it? They literally translate. To the divine medium who had descended upon the mortal world. That's very specific. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't that the official subtitle? I think that's, you know, that's like a really long-winded way to just say Avatar. It's like Avatar colon the last airbender colon the divine medium who has descended upon the mortal world. Yeah. Is that, did I get it right? Uh, it's had descended, but close okay, enough. Okay, whatever. So we're going to do a summary, and then we're going to have a little discussion of all of the various elements of the show, and then we'll do our uh, Avatar Forum questions, and lastly, get to our cabbages. The episode starts with Aang and Katara returning to the village with the, f- the flares popping overhead. Yeah, the flares, the flares popped. So then we have a scene with Katara, who's having a discussion with her family. Are you trying to say something over there? Yeah. You're making like I mean, little like, fish you're faces. Like, like, you're you're like, <laughs> you'd like skipped ahead of like just things that I wanted to talk about. So they, they keep saying booby trap still. Oh yeah, they did say they <laughs> not only do they call it a booby trap again, but like Aang really like draws attention he, to the word. He uses booby <laughs> as a word. He said, we found a booby trap and we boobied right into it. <laughs> I feel like when they were starting the show, they were like asking Nickelodeon, it's like, what's the most explicit language we can use in this show? Yeah. And like, you can say booby trap. You get one booby. Actually. <laughs> you get four? 
15 boobies. 15 boobies. We'll, we'll have our own titty tally as we go. <laughs> Katara has a moment with her family where they're trying to tell her that Aang is evil and obviously working for the Fire Nation, and they try to get rid of him. And she tells them that she's going to leave with Aang, and I think it was Sokka says, you would choose Aang over your own family. Uh, Aang is like, I don't want to come between you and your family, and he goes and says he's going to just leave to the Southern Air Temple by himself. Katara is like trying to get him to stay. Isn't he like kind of okay with that at first? Leaving? Yeah, like Katara like kind of drags him along and she's like, Aang's tanking me to the North Pole. And then Aang's like, oh, I am? Uh, cool, <laughs> great. I Cool, I guess. Kana comes up to Katara and like tries to do her comforting, like grandmotherly patronizing Pat. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good name for a character. Patronizing Pat? Yeah, I just like... 100% was hoping and expecting Katara to just to turn around and tell her to fuck off, but she didn't. Sokka has like a pretty logical uh, conclusion that the flare is going to bring some trouble to their village. So he like rounds up all of the kids. He just forms like just a child army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just... Okay, babies, now let's get information. <laughs> but like the, the reason that he has to do this is because like they already lost their whole tribe to the war. So it's like, yeah. this is like, all I got. Like all the men of the tribe kind of like sailed off to the war, but they didn't really leave anyone to like their, defend. Their dad is still alive. Yeah, the little kid is like, I gotta go potty. Mm. And then Sokka's like, there's no potty breaks. You piss your pants in battle There's like a no man. There's no potty breaks in hell. They obviously are just using Aang's voice actor to do all of the like voices. Like an Aang's <laughs> voice actor like pitched up or something yeah. for the kids' voices. So Aang decides he's going to leave, right? But then we cut to this scene where he's just lying <laughs> in the snow. He's just chilling in the ice. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up right now. Aang must be starving. Because he's vegetarian and there's like, there's nothing. <laughs> That's true. That's why Ing's trying to get the fuck like, out of here. I actually looked up uh, like really like Alaskan, Inuit, really North Russian tribes diets and stuff. And it's almost all meat, but they do have like bird eggs or something. How are the people in, in the water tribe getting their vitamins? Like, where are their veggies? I have, there's seaweed. So Aang's probably just eating a bunch of seaweed and, like, penguin eggs. Aang, stomach rumbling, is just kind of chilling off to the side with Appa. I don't know why he isn't just leaving, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's fine, whatever. So Aang sees the Fire Nation, the Fire Navy ship pulling up, and he's like, oh, ooh, mm, Mm. not good. And then he runs back to the village. If you're watching this scene carefully, there's a little bit, there's a single frame in the animation of him getting down from the ice and like running off. I don't know how to explain it, but it's a cute little frame where he's just like, whoop. Like the Scooby-Doo sort of animation (laughs) where like they kind of run in place before they start running. There's something also I was thinking about when I was watching this, like all of the movement that they create with their animation. It's so minimal, like Mm -hmm. frames wise, they... Yeah, They get so much done with so few frames. In the wiki, when I was reading about this scene with Aang and Appa, it said Aang talking to Appa as if he can understand him. (laughs) And I was like, hey, fuck you. Aang speaking as if anyone cared. (laughs) Sokka is getting ready back at the village for his imminent battle. And he does a perfect under-eye, cat-eye, with looks, his fingers first try. very good. I was so fucking... I don't, I, don't, I don't even think he has a mirror. Uh, Zuko is up on his ship getting all decked out. He's up on deck getting decked out on the deck. Getting dicked down. Uh, we get some really great fashion in this episode. Yeah. We get Sokka's really talented makeup skills and then Zuko back on the ship. With his just, it looks so heavy, his outfit. And I'm pretty sure that helmet that he puts on weighs more than four cats. That's the first thing I could think of. What's something that's really heavy? Five cats. So the ship shows up at the village and Sokka is standing there. He's just all right in proudly. front of it. So I, like, I really like this scene actually because Sokka up to this point, he's been like 
I'm a warrior and I'm good at everything I do and everyone should respect me and follow my orders and I can beat anyone up if I want to. He's like right in front of that ship when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's going like, to punch the he's ship. Like, he's like got his little rinky-dink club. I'm just going to hit the whole of this ship. The ramp comes down and mm-hmm. nearly kills him. It should have and then the show should have ended. Because this show is about Sokka. Sokka gets out of the way in time and Zuko starts coming down with uh, his little guards on either side. And Sokka, like, unfazed, just runs up the the ramp and just tries to hit Zuko. This is the reason I like this this scene, though, because Zuko, or excuse me, Sokka, he, he's very confident in his abilities, and he feels like... So this is, this is a, a really interesting kind of character trope where there's a character who is just going to... I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to do everything I can, and then at least I can say I tried. So he's he's really just like physically forcing himself into these situations without thinking about anything. He's built all these watchtowers and he's not even watching from them. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so in episode one, Aang destroys uh, Sokka's watchtower by flying into it. In this episode, Sokka is standing on the wall watching this ship, ship approach and it it the ship just runs into the village and just immediately knocks over his new watchtower and he just, looks so upset just with the vibrations alone it's a metaphor his watchtower he's built all these watchtowers but he's not using them i i don't mm. know what this means have but you, have <laughs> if someone built, has any idea what that metaphor have means have you built lots of watchtowers <laughs> in your life that you are not using um, so he does just kind of go straight up there and try to attack Zuko, and Zuko just knocks him right off. This is like the moment where Sokka's personality tra- changes pretty dramatically. You can tell he like he's reevaluating his strategies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Zuko is like barely even trying. He's like that uh, the Matrix gif of like Keanu Reeves just kind of like deflecting all the guys. Hey, can we get a new Avatar uh, remake where Keanu Reeves is Zuko? Oh my oh, God. Be good. <laughs> be so that'd good. be so good. so good. He's a little old for the role, but he can pull it off. Uh, Sokka does try to confront Zuko again and just gets the shit kicked out of him. And Zuko does a little spear thing where he like hits him in the forehead a few times with like doink, 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 knocking mm-hmm. him into the snow. And then Zuko starts yelling about the avatar. He pulls over like Katara's grandma. He's like, he should be about this old. He's about old man. He's about old man old. Sokka does manage to hit Zuko with his boomerang. There's a little scuffle where he tries to hit him. He throws the boomerang. It doesn't. There's like- <laughs> Wait. Sokka tries to hit Zuko with a boomerang and misses him. And it's like, you threw a boomerang at me and it didn't get me. I'm safe. <laughs> It's a good thing that boomerangs only go one direction. <laughs> yeah, so obviously it comes back and hits him in the little helmet head that makes a mm-hmm. little dinging noise. And then Zuko falls into the snow yeah. with like a pew boo, like a little slide whistle noise. This is where you're introduced to the character of the boomerang. <laughs> the character of boomerang. Turn around. Come back. I don't know how like actual boomerang combat works, but like this boomerang just kind of works like magic. Oh, Summer's getting, <laughs> she's trying, uh, she actually, ow, she actually threw a boomerang at me <laughs> and that hurt. <laughs> now you know so, how a boomerang combat so, yeah, works. So, so Summer just threw a boomerang at me and it didn't come back to her. Hey, uh, what are boomerangs for? I've, I, I thought they were like originally for like a weapon. Really? Yeah. So like. <laughs> the original te- intent of a boomerang was that you could throw it at someone to hurt them and then it would yeah, come back. I thought it was like hunting. What I think about boomerangs is that you throw it and then you try to hit something, but if you miss, it just kind of comes right back to you. Uh, so Zuko looks like he's about to throw down again and then uh, Aang shows up on a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> on a penguin. I, I was looking up the synopsis on the wiki and it's actually called like an otter penguin. No, it's not. It says... I mean, it says otter penguin, huh? which makes sense, which has got those little whiskers and because stuff. Because otters have four arms. <laughs> when you combine an otter and a penguin, sometimes you just get extra arms thrown in. <laughs> I wish they would have given the penguins the little otter fingies. <laughs> what, about, what about if the, if the top 
flippers were just like regular if it had like two top flippers I fucking hate it don't even finish that thought I don't like it and the bottom ones are arms that sounds like a a deity that I don't want to encounter (laughs) so Zuko finally seeing this little tiny boy on a penguin earlier in the show Sokka is like telling Aang and stuff and is like you can't fight the fire nation with fun but like here comes an Aang Riding on a penguin, just having fun and yeah, fighting the fire Yeah, I was nation. actually going to mention that because they did bring it up again at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Katara was like, Aang brought something to this village that we haven't seen in a long time. Fun! So after this sort of altercation, Zuko's like, oh, the Avatar is a little kid, I guess. And then the whole village is like, fuck, that's the Avatar? Oh, <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> we just exiled him. Oops. Yeah. Wait, Aang's the Avatar? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Aang's the Avatar? One more time. Aang is the Avatar? What? One more time, I was laughing. What? You Aang ca- is the stop. Avatar? There's too much crosstalk. <laughs> One more time. Aang is the Avatar? Okay. You were peeking even though you were yeah, like six feet like, from the mic. I was mic. like facing away from the microphone that I was peeking. I'm really hoping our neighbors. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like our just poor neighbors must be so confused all the time. Glad that they're hearing our weekly <laughs> explanation. Ex- Katara! <laughs> so Zuko and Aang have a little bit of a fight. We love to see those fight sequences. Kids, little kids in the village, not so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. It's a little scary. And Aang sees how scared he's making them. And he's like, eh, you know what? Why don't you guys just take me with you? If you take me with you, will you just leave everyone here alone? And they're like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Sounds great. So Aang goes up with them. And this is what I wanted to mention. So when he's going up the ramp with Zuko, he's like, <laughs> he just casually like calls back like, oh, just take care of Appa until I get back. Yeah. <laughs> And Sokka is, like, devastated that he's been, like, emasculated by just this little penguin caillou on a penguin boy. Sorry. Sorry, I was choking on my Mike's harder mango. If Mike's mango was so hard, I don't (laughs) blame you for choking on it. No? You can you can keep reading, keep reading your notes. Katara is sort of packing up and getting ready to to go after Aang, and Sokka walks up to her and she's like, "I don't want to fucking hear it. You just go back to your little watchtower and rebuild your ego." Sokka reveals that he is planning on going with her. I'm gonna say right now, when I was watching the scene, I was like, "Oh, I have no idea what time of day it is right now." They could be in the Game yeah. of Thrones universe. It, the world could be flat. Could just be Who a knows? long summer. Sokka takes like a huge step. He's admitting he's wrong and he's he knows logically how to kind of fix that. He's thinking about what he's doing. Kana, Grand Grand, shows up. She's like, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And pulls out a glistening sleeping bag. One sleeping bag. I mean, it's it's a realistic kind of grandma. That's true. <laughs> Helpful but useless. <laughs> or like, like helpful but not quite thought through. <laughs> Kana says something in this scene though that I thought was interesting because she said, "Katara, thank you for bringing hope back to life, or like reviving hope, or something like that." And it was like obviously meant to sort of be like kind of a metaphor for how she literally brought Aang back to life. Almost immediately, Katara's like, "Hey, maybe not a canoe though." <laughs> Thanks, Sokka, but you... this is bad. <laughs> so they go set up on uh, the big bison instead. And then we uh, go back to Zuko on the boat with Iroh. Zuko asks Iroh to bring the staff inside because he thinks it would be a great gift for Ozai. And Iroh takes the staff and then just hands, <laughs> immediately hands it off to one of Zuko's stormtroopers. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I've never identified with someone in my whole life so much. Like, Anyways, he was like, this is a great gift for my dad. And just thinking of, I'm just like, hey, dad, I got you a staff. It's a glider, too. You can't Thanks. use it. Thanks. I can't. I'm not an airbender. I can't use this. Well, here, here you go. I love you, dad. You can burn it. I guess. That's what you like to do, right? Your palace is just constantly on fire. Zuko in this scene has like, I I think it's in this scene, uh, he says something like, uh, 
this would make a great gift for my father. And he has like the mm-hmm. weirdest, like. He like s- slides towards a British accent and then he just kind of slides yeah. right back. In these early episodes, Dante Bosco has got a lot going on and I'm not sure mm-hmm. he knows exactly where to go with He, he hasn't exactly found his groove yet, I yeah. don't think. Um, so Dante Bosco is a cool dude. Yeah, he is a nice dude. Uh, we were in Orlando at one point two years ago. Maybe three years ago. It was a little while ago, but um, we just ran into Dante Bosco at a bar, and yeah. he was very nice. He's very friendly. I he think just, he like, was drunk. To, he was drunk, but and he, he like invited us to the table just to sit down and like have a little drink with him. Yeah, and he was like actually genuinely like interested in us and like asking us questions about who we were and like what we were doing. Mm-hmm. He's such a nice dude. I really had to mentally block the sound of his voice <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, he does. Cuz he sounds exactly like Zuko. He just, he Have just, you noticed that? His voice is like that. He sounds it's like, just like that. He sounds like uh Avatar the Last Airbender character Zuko. Anyway, he's a great dude and I can uh I can recommend starting a conversation with him if you run into him in the wild because mm-hmm. he's he's really chill. He's extremely friendly. Now we get to the second part of the episode and it just like shit fucking gets wild. The second half of this specific episode is is yeah. is really I think this is the part mm-hmm. where I just was hooked. Like the first episode is like lots of setups and like the second half is just like here's all the payoffs Aang is in the hallway with uh, the stormtroopers do they have like an actual title fire nation soldiers guards stormtroopers is better I noticed that they actually kind of like separate them like the ones with the masks are like actual firebenders and the ones that are like just kind of normal helmeted just kind of have like their spears and swords oh, and stuff oh shit I didn't I didn't so know that interesting the non-bender fire nation Aang is being escorted down the hallway his hands are tied and everything and Aang this is important because he says hey I bet you guys have never fought an airbender before huh he's right like a hundred yeah. years nobody has had any opportunities to actually spar mm. with any airbending people at all. Like, they're completely unprepared, untrained for this style of fighting. Yeah. Which is interesting because <laughs> it is all actually based on real fighting styles. So and it's that's, like, it's kind of like how I was thinking with like The Force Awakens and like The Last Jedi. Nobody really knows how to fight someone with a lightsaber. It's kind of like, to your advantage that like nobody knows like, hmm. who, what are you doing and then he says i bet i could take the the two of you with my arms tied behind my back and are his arms are tied behind his back like when someone says that it's just kind of like a hypothetical but ang mm-hmm. fucking does this yeah he just does it like he immediately just, he just kind of like sneezes and blows everyone back oh, i fucking love this <laughs> his iconic move the sneeze the sneeze the the <laughs> he, mo- the move of ang sneeze <laughs> And then he runs off. He's doing some ceiling running, some yeah. wall running. He's, he's doing like, some real inception he's doing like, he's hotel doing like some shit. Spiral kind of through the hallways, yeah. like up and down. Uh, he, he's doing like the the Kingdom Hearts kind of reaction command for like every single move he does. I wish I have ever played any single game of Kingdom Hearts. If if you haven't played Kingdom Hearts, it's kind of like. When you're in a fighting game and then it's like, press these buttons in the right order and it's a cut scene, but you're pressing buttons along with it. You're doing like really cool stuff. Cut all of that. Okay. <laughs> Before we get too much of a fun oh. that, hang on, you got Mike just jizzed all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was just finishing up my Mike's Harder Mango. This is not the kind of explicit that I wanted. <laughs> Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire? Yeah. I was thinking about Toby McGuire too. Shh. Okay. Gotta get to it. So back on the boat. The fur boat. Yeah. The fur boat. Sokka's doing his Toby Maguire thing. Imagine it's 2002. 2002, yeah. Is That's, that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> that I was a it, guess. I was looking it up like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Come with me to 2002. We're sitting on a building. And you see a crane holding some concrete blocks. Remember that iconic Spider-Man scene where Toby Maguire is trying to figure out how to... F- Fucking web. How do we shot web? How web? So Sokka is just like shouting out random words like yeah. up. Go. Go. Go away. Hi. Fly. Fly. Do it. Do it. Up, up, and away. Do the thing. Go, web, go. Up. Uh, Shazam. Sh- abracadabra. Yeet. 
Yeet. And then he flies. And then he goes. So we get the yip yip. And then the boy goes up. Sokka is amazed and exhilarated. Yeah, he looks over at Katara and she's got the... Uh, the the deg deg face. The deg deg face. <laughs> we go back and we see Aang running around the ship with his arms tied. Oh, he, but he does do like another little run. On his on his corkscrew kind of hallway yeah. run. And he like kind of- He gets his rope cut. On like the little pointy sharp top of the mask This of is of why people. you cannot make your fire navy costumes so sharp. So shop. And then he's running around looking for his staff. He peeks into a few rooms. He peeks into one and Iroh's asleep. Yeah, he's been sleeping in Iroh so Iroh is long. just in a, a never-ending sleep minute. Oh, and then so Aang sees his staff in a room through a doorway and runs in like, oh, it's my staff. And then Zuko's there. Of course, it was a trap. He's like sneaked behind the door and he's like kind of place the staff right there like as bait Mm -hmm. almost so then we get a very very good fighting scene like a really good one Mm -hmm. this is our first genuinely good fighting scene because you have like two different martial arts styles against each other Uh for the first time in the show this is where you really sort of you start to like suspect i mean you've already suspected it but this is where you really like Hmm. I think Aang is good at this shit. He's avoiding all of Zuko's attacks. Uh, we're going to get into this a little bit more later, but I want to mention like Bagua is a very, it's like an evasive style of fighting. What's Bagua? He's using his airbending fighting skills, which translate directly to actual universe fighting style from China called Bagua Zhang. And this style of fighting is focused very much, very heavily on like evasion and getting behind your opponent. Watching the scene, you see so much of this where he's just kind of getting out of the way and like ducking and jumping and circling around Zuko, just getting out of he's, the way. He's just like a slippery boy. He's right now. so slippery. And then uh, he does actually get Zuko into a. He, he gets him wrapped up in like a tapestry. He gets him into a position where he can like attack him with his the mattress in his room he he grabs his glider which he starts using yeah. as like a competitive mm-hmm. a combative staff this is a, a specific right type of bagua called goon bagua that's bagua zhang you're just being a nerd right now yeah, how do but, you know so much knowledge uh, we'll get into this later <laughs> once he has his staff he uses his staff as like an extension of his airbending to like lift like a mattress on the floor which is very, <laughs> it just makes me feel, feel like kind of bad for Zuko that he's just kind of sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Except that is the the millennial dream. Zuko's used to have a lot of succulents, but like since everything on the Fire Nation is just on fire, they, they just died. Aang uses his staff to just sort of like fling a mattress into Zuko to the wall. And then he's like, to the yeah. window. I mean, not. There's no windows. It's very depressing. It's not a fucking cruise. Zuko's like pretty knocked out, but like Aang just likes to have fun. And then he just like kind of (laughs) slams him like right onto the ceiling. You hear this really loud metal clanging. Uh, Aang runs outside because he's he's effectively decapitated. No, mm-hmm. decapacity. Okay, um, this is completely unrelated, and I'm so sorry, okay. but something just reminded me of this really funny stuff. <laughs> so I just got through. I'm a flight attendant. Hi, I'm a flight attendant. Okay. Um, I just got through my my yearly like requalification training, and we did these things called prepared evacuations, where you have to read. Um, a list and prepare an aircraft for an emergency landing. I was working with someone who back when she was hired, they had to memorize these prepared landing checklists. <clears throat> I'm really anticipating to how this relates to anything about Avatar the Last Airbender. At the end of the checklist, one of the things that you have to do is is tell the the row of passengers that is closest to you, you have to tell them <laughs> If I am incapacitated, you will take my body off the aircraft with you. Uh, when this flight attendant was like doing her testing, she accidentally <laughs> she accidentally said, "If I am decapitated, you will take my body off the aircraft with you." 
<laughs> and then just continued the rest and finished. Just unfazed. <laughs> she didn't realize that just she had like... just told the passengers to take a headless flight attendant off the plane. Anyway, so Zuko is incapacitated. I'm glad to know how that all tied together. Aang runs out of the plane. And Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're still in a boat. Fuck. Of the ship and into the open air. He goes. Wait, I just need to highlight this very good moment that he has when he runs out of the door onto the deck. He like opens his arms out wide and he he makes this little face where he's just like so happy to be out in the air. He looks like like a little like theater kid running in a like in a meadow. Aang jumps up and tries to fly off on his glider, but Zuko grabs his little ankle. He's been on his glider for like a full like three or four seconds or something. But Zuko has like this really, really, really long jump towards him. Oh, I thought you were going to say long like, arm. <laughs> Zuko <laughs> stretches out his his long Elastigirl arm <laughs> and he's, he's just, he still jumps onto him. They kind of like land on the main front of the ship. Okay, so they're both uh, down on the deck of the ship. Appa appears, and Zuko's like, what the fuck is that? With Zuko's distraction, Aang tries to fly off again, and Zuko does some good firebending, knocks his staff right out of his little tiny hands, and Aang just is knocked down straight into the water. And then Aang sinks below the surface of the ship and enters the Avatar state and uh, creates a little bubble around him and is missing for another hundred years. He into another iceberg. He wakes up and he's like in Republic City. Aang does enter the Avatar state. We get our Avatar state music and it does give me like literal goosebumps every time I hear it. And then he, he goes up. He goes, yeah, it's like a, like a tornado upside down, but made of water. He's just exclusively water bending right now. Yeah, he is. He's straight up. His he's a waterbender now. He's got his glowing tattoos. This is something I also wanted to bring up. All of the avatars have their eyes glowing whenever they enter the avatar state, but the airbenders are special because they get their tattoos glowing too. Yeah, if I were the avatar, I would just get like some really dumb tattoos on me. Just like... (laughs) You just get a dick tattooed on your forehead. (laughs) Just have like the the dick butt drawing tattoo on my forehead and like it just starts glowing when I'm in the avatar. So we get this Hurricane Aang flying up above the ship, and he brings all of his water straight down onto Zuko and his cronies. So this is like the first time we really get like genuine confirmation also that he's the Avatar. And uh, it looks like the day is saved thanks to the Powerpuff Girls. Sokka goes to pick up Aang's staff, and it looks like there's a boy attached to the end. Zuko is there, and Sokka does a little doink, doink, doink. Get a little, we get a little... Boomerang callback. And Sokka knocks Zuko off of the edge of the ship. Katara tries to knock the rest of the Fire Navy soldiers off with waterbending and does not succeed. (laughs) She does a very weak waterbending sort of maneuver and then ends up freezing her brother into place behind her. But very intelligently, she thinks, you know what? I'll just do the same thing backwards. Yeah. It's like when you try to aim a basketball into a hoop and it's like, oh, it went slightly to the right. I think I'll just aim slightly left of the hoop. And so she does the same thing in the opposite direction and the people behind her all get frozen into place. So now that Everybody is either off the ship or frozen into place. Uh, They manage to get away. Uh, Sokka does have to do a little bit of chiseling. They do get all onto Appa and fly off. Iroh finally wakes up. He does. He wakes up and he's like, oh, God, I guess I have to do something. And he helps Zuko back up onto the ship. And then they do their Captain Planet with our forces combined. We can make a big fireball. And that's just what they do. A huge fireball that launches from the ship. And then Aang does, he he picks up his staff and he breathes in like a hundred years worth of (laughs) oxygen. And then just like fucking just 
launches this fireball via... He just swooshes it, just like at a 90-degree angle. Just it's straight just like, into this iceberg. The ship was sort of sailing like an, between two icebergs. Like in an iceberg kind of canyon yeah. sort of thing. And it hits the side of this iceberg, and it collapses a lot of the ice and the snow. They all fall onto the ship and sort of bury everybody on it. And then Zuko is like ready to continue his honor journey, but he looks back and sees all of his stormtroopers are frozen in ice and tells them to continue de-icing so they can be on their way. There's usually a conception about Iroh being like this really nice, kind of gentle, funny old man, but he's like continuously like roasting his nephew. Oh man, I can't believe that you lost to this just like this sort You're of really 12. fucked up, huh? I read that actually Zuko... And, or excuse me, Ira wasn't supposed to be Zuko's uncle originally. He was just supposed to be just a dude that was coming along with Ira. Or excuse me, he was supposed to be a dude who's coming along with Zuko just to teach him firebending or whatever. Oh. He's just like a little mentor. Mm -hmm. So back on the Appa ship, Katara is just like ecstatic. Like, how did you fucking do that? That's amazing. Aang is like, I don't know. Just sort of, just sort I just, of did it just it. happened. Just sort of. Kind. I just did that. And this was something that I was thinking about watching this scene. Aang didn't do that. He didn't just do that. Aang doesn't know shit about waterbending. Personally, Aang, as a bender, as a human being, uh, has never actually done any waterbending. Aang can only do these amazing things, uh, these waterbending moves and these other, other miraculous feats through the Avatar state because... As we later find out, that's how he draws, creates all of his power. Like, through the Avatar state, he can connect with all of the past Avatars. Katara's wondering how how he did this, and Aang doesn't know. And that's fair, because he doesn't fucking know how to waterbend. He doesn't know how to do anything but airbend. He's He is an airbending master. That's the only way you can get those tattoos. But he did have to outsource all of this other power, basically. Mm -hmm. Katara also gets a little bit frustrated. Well, kind of. Just she asks him why uh, he never came forward and admitted that he was the Avatar. Aang is like, because I never. Uh, what? It's because I never wanted. You can't hear that. It's because I never wanted to be. Can't hear that. It's because I never wanted. Aang just, he never really wanted to be the avatar and he admits that for the first time it's it's really sort of breezed over in this scene so katara suggests hey you're the avatar why don't you master all four elements water is the one he's supposed to master first they're like this is perfect we can just kind of go to the northern water tribe together and we can both master water bending together Aang, of course has some other <laughs> plans he wants to do a lot of other fun things first uh not the least of which riding the giant elephant koi in Kiyoshi Island. Wonder hmm. if that'll come back. Probably not. So that was episode two. That's how it ended. That was the episode. That was the whole thing. That was the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Aang in this episode is, uh, he's already experienced a little bit of character development from the last episode. So he's still the fun boy. Mm-hmm. He's now, still a fun boy. Now he, he seems to have a little bit more direction he seems to be more active than passive. And not only that, but he's getting over his avoidance a little bit of his responsibilities. He is finally acknowledging who he is and, and what that means. Usually if you have like the kind of reluctant hero trope, they're usually kind of like morally neutral. Yeah, usually like the resolution of that story arc isn't until the very end. Although I, I guess like we do still see him struggling with this for, yeah. for the whole <clears throat> show. But he does... Like, he gets on it right away. He continues to struggle a little bit, but he's no, he's no like, morally gray kind of character. He knows when he should step in, when it's obvious to the audience, it's obvious to him. Katara in this episode is very consistent with how she's been so far introduced. Yeah. Just assertive, and, and she trusts herself, and... She's incredibly trusting of Aang. Not to be, like, <laughs> to get all, like, Redditor on you, but it doesn't seem very logical. Spiritualism and, like, your feelings in this show are very are very important to, mm -hmm. like, actual objective truth. Yeah, just kind of, like, feelings and, like, destiny and they yeah. met for a reason. Like, I disagree with Sokka. It's like, this guy is definitely a Fire Nation spy. And, but Katara is, like, far in the other direction where it's like, 
this is the most important person in the world, but she just kind of happens to be right. Like if you meet an <laughs> if you meet an airbender frozen in an iceberg for a hundred years and they're all glowing and stuff when you meet them. Yeah, it like, seems you like, might, a, <laughs> like important. You might have the intuition to be like, maybe this person's kind of important. There's obviously a correlation mm-hmm. between bending and like your soul, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Sokka isn't a bender and he's very, very yeah. like aggressively logical about yeah. things. The only person in the water tribe who happens to trust Aang is the only bender. It's true. So but it's, it's, it's obviously also, not a coincidence. It's also kind of like a motivation kind of thing. It's the way that you feel when you meet someone who's like you. You're just more, you're more likely to trust them. Sokka, we already talked a little bit about him, but he continues from the last episode. He brings that annoying... <laughs> self-assuredness he's equally sure of himself as Katara is but in a bad way yeah they're both they're (laughs) both actually very similar personalities yeah that's true they're very assertive and opinionated but we definitely see Sokka change a lot in this episode so he has that moment on the ramp where he gets knocked off and I think that's where he suddenly realizes he's not invincible and that maybe charging headfirst into every situation isn't the most effective way to handle a situation unless you're Aang who was charging headfirst He's, but here's the thing. Aang is very talented. Moral of the story, know when you suck. He's probably never even, like, actually fought anyone Mm -hmm. other than the little kids. Zuko also does change a little bit in this episode, but in in the same way Sokka does, where he starts off very aggressively logical about the direction he's headed, and then towards the end realizes his strategies are not great mm-hmm. and acknowledges that he, he can't underestimate Aang anymore, which antagonists usually have a very difficult time admitting that their strategies aren't mm-hmm. good ones. Yeah. So that's like kind of impressive. So Zuko and Sokka both kind of have sort of parallel lines where they both underestimate Aang. It's interesting to see Zuko actually having his little bout with Aang and Aang sort of surrenders and they just immediately leave. Like Zuko isn't there to stir up trouble or anything. Yeah, He's just, he has like one thing that he's trying mm-hmm. to take care of. Like he's got one thing on his yeah. to-do list. And, and he, you can see like from that, you can tell already just in the second episode that Zuko's maybe not necessarily an evil person. He's not like the other Fire Nation people. <laughs> Not all firebenders. <laughs> not not all firebenders. <laughs> Iroh continues his his very relaxed personality arc yeah, throughout this episode. He's even more relaxed in this episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just sleeping most of the time. That, but also, like, we do finally see, like, a little bit of Iroh's... Naughty side. I was going to say alliances. Alliances. <laughs> he's obviously there to help. Zuko, and he's obviously not afraid to support the Fire Nation. Not afraid to roast Zuko either. He's also not afraid to roast a bunch of kids and their giant bison. So what? Uh, no, I'm just thinking, like, what did they? Like, if that had hit them, what would they have they done? They would have just burned alive. <laughs> they would have all just died. I, I mean, maybe they. And then Zuko would have gone home and been like, <laughs> "I killed the Avatar," and then Ozai would have okay, been like, they, I, I, "Do you have any they, proof?" <laughs> um, that happens a lot in shows where it's like, if they had actually succeeded, all of their plans would have fallen apart. But yeah. go off, I guess. <laughs> this show kind of does a good job of the suspension of disbelief that, like, oh, they could just murder each other. We haven't seen Iroh doing any bending or anything, so. I mean, we like were we even aware other than him just kind of telling Zuko how to firebend? Yeah. He, he may not have even been a bender, but mm-hmm. now it's it's very obvious that he's not only a bender, but he's very very good at it. Yeah, Papa, who is a bison, bison man. He's an old man. He's at least a hundred years old. On the wiki, like it says, like their ages off on the sidebar, and for Aang, it has like his ages for various sort of like comics and stuff like that. And but mm-hmm. like for all of them, it's like. 112, biologically 12. 115, (laughs) biologically 15. I'm 25, but biologically I'm probably more like 22. Yeah, and I'm... I'm 23 and I'm probably biologically like 15. Why does still. it matter? I I can't grow a beard. Appa does go through a, a big change in this episode though. A huge change. <laughs> Appa finally wakes up and he starts flying. Appa's gotten out of bed. Appa's out of bed. And he's out a of, flying bed and he's finally oh, escaped himself. 
Sorry, I was just imagining if I could just take, like fly around on a flying fluffy bed. That sounds so uh, nice. That'd be so good. Let's get rid of cars. Elon Musk. Bed cars. Car beds. Flying beds. Bed drones. This is nothing. <laughs> VR, Fortnite, Bitcoin, blockchain. Okay, so those are our characters. We're probably not going to do an MBTI for these ones just because it's not really much of a difference from the last episode. Yeah, that's Unless true. there's one you want to point out specifically. I think Gitara is very, very in F. I think... Did we say ISFP? Man, I should really be keeping track of what <laughs> I've said. Guitar continues to be very, very in F, like very far on that spectrum. The other, only other one I would really point out would be Iroh. Maybe seems a little more J now. I feel like maybe he could have been J the whole time because he is kind of inflexible. No, I have to finish my game. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to sleep now. I really want to, in this episode, talk a little bit about the actual bending styles that we've seen so far. So obviously we have uh, Aang. He's, doing his, he's the only one doing airbending. Airbending is, as we already discussed, it's Bagua Zhang an internal martial, martial art, and that means that it comes from inside, <laughs> obviously. What does it mean if it comes from outside? So when you do internal martial arts, you're focused more on your internal energy and like sort of distributing your weight within yourself. You do internal stretches and you're you're focusing on your breath and your like your core and your your soul, basically. Um, whereas with external, you're focused more on what your your like your hands or your feet are physically doing. So it's kind of like internal is more about the force that you're putting on yourself, and external is the more like the force that you put on others. Yeah. So a lot of external martial arts are are more about um, strength, like physical strength, and internal mar- martial arts are more about it's it's more like using your brain instead of your your actual muscles. I'll have to double check on that, but that's okay. what Steve told me. <laughs> Who's Steve? Steve is my Bagua teacher. No, but I am also like trying to cross-reference some stuff on like the mm-hmm. internet. So yeah. still like not not a great source of information, but I'm just doing my best, okay? Mm-hmm. We have day jobs. We can't read a book. I believe Tai Chi is also an internal art. Oh, excuse me. Waterbending is based on Tai Chi. So that's just the one that everybody already knows. I think it's more common because it's not, it's not exactly used for fighting most of the time. A lot of the time it's kind of like more like. It's like a health kind of thing. One of the main sort of components of Bagua is that it is actually a perfect combination of both where you can learn, you can learn it just for your health and just becoming more strong and improving your balance. Balance is like a huge, huge component to Bagua. But it's also used um, very effectively as an offensive and defensive form of fighting. From what I've heard, Tai Chi is more of like an add-on to like martial arts or something. It's kind of like being good at running is not going to make you good at fighting, but put a knife in your hand while you're running. Firebending is the other one, the only other one we've seen, and that's uh, based on Northern Shaolin. I believe there's also another form of firebending that is used i know specifically that ang learns like a different like dragon type of firebending dragon bending <laughs> yeah so it's it, it does also like there's a little bit more to it what is the what what is the bagua move called when you do like a corkscrew run in a hallway like kind of upside down and then you like untie your wrists by uncutting the rope on like a person's mask i haven't learned that one yet okay Still working on the air scooter, too. Okay, so we're almost done. We just have a couple more things to talk about. On to the next part of the show where I went back and found a bunch of questions from an old Avatar forum. Um, So these are just questions, just completely random questions I found by control-effing question marks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go. Nandi Rea asks, Zuko can't be Mr. Broody Pants all the time, can he? Here's the deal. Turns out he can. He can. He's... (laughs) Everything he does, it's amazing how he can just make everything broody, <laughs> like brushing his teeth, just staring at himself. And it's like, ah, toothpaste is too strush. I can't even imagine him brushing his teeth, actually. I, I don't think, he, <laughs> I feel like he refuses to brush his teeth. Um, I'm trying and- to imagine Zuko with a smile on his face, and it's very difficult. It's like that face app thing. Next question comes from Lychee. Lychee asks, oh, it's probably Lychee, huh? 
Likey asks, are you guys trying to tell me that Sokka is the second avatar? <laughs> Let me explain to you how the avatar works. Could this be interpreted as the second avatar ever? The second? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, first there was Juan, and then there was Sokka. The, the answer is no. I don't think that there's like... Like, spoilers, but no. <laughs> I don't think there's any, like, kind of time-drifting reincarnation. If there's anyone who can't bend all four elements, it's Sokka. The next question comes from Reika no Rio. User Reika no Rio asks, what is Zen? Uh, Zen is uh, what Iroh feels all the time when he's like playing Fortnite. I'm literally Ben Affleck right now. Summer is Batman now. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman? Summer is Batman now. I'm Batman. This is too many convergences right now. Uh, no, that's in Korra. Cool. I'm going to quit the podcast okay. if you ever mention Fortnite okay. again. Sorry, Ira probably wouldn't play Fortnite. He, he would be playing Minecraft. Zen is what they use for money in Japan. Next question. <laughs> well, we do have one more question. Okay. Noah, what are your cabbages? I have like a bit of a caffeine dependency. I haven't been clipping my nails very often. I have a tendency to just kind of like wander around. I'm just walking through a bunch of doorways in my home. Every time you walk through a doorway, you just kind of forget what you were doing. I've pretty much forgotten my entire life. Uh, my cabbages this week are eating out too much, spending too much time between showers, and um, just kind of easily irritable. Is there anything else you want to talk about for this episode? Um, Oh yeah, Appa. I kind of figured out what Appa is. Um, just because, what he is. Yeah, what he's Appa, a bison. He's not just a bison. A lot of the animals in Avatar are hybrid animals. I think Appa is kind of like caterpillar. You know how a a centaur isn't exactly half person, half horse. It's more like three quarters horse and half person. I think Appa is like half bison, half bison. <laughs> Um, and, and thems of the cabbages, that's all, that's all the cabbages. That's all she cabbaged. She cabbage, cabbage she wrote. She wrote the cabbages. Cabbage. Okay, wait. So just say also known as the Lenny face for a soundbite. Also known as the Lenny face. You're very close. Just say it casually. I I finished my Mike's harder mango. Also known nope. as just no ASMR. Also known as Nope. <laughs> You're just ASMR far away. Also known as the Lenny face from <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Know Your Meme. Just say it just in like a nor normal human way. Also known as the Lenny face from Know Your Meme. <laughs> human. I don't know how to say things in a human way. Okay.